Good morning and welcome to In The Moment. I'm your host, Reverend Ricky Allen Jr. And as always, thanking you for tuning in. You could be anywhere else, but you're watching us right now. And I truly do appreciate that. And I pray that as always, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that you are keeping the Lord Jesus Christ in mind and the glorification of his kingdom. Amen. So let's get started with our morning scripture. It comes from Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611, which reads as follows. You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. In your right hand are eternal pleasures. Amen. And of course, as always, we always have our channels where you can go and submit your prayer requests. Prayer is important to us here at In The Moment, so make sure you get your prayer requests in, as well as your praise reports. We want to hear about the wonderful things that God is doing for you and your family so that we may share and equip others with joy and the hope that you have. We got two prayer requests this week from Jeff Dijkstra, hopefully I said that correctly, who's praying for oral healing and to get his health back. We have another prayer request from Greg Stewart, who is looking for the Lord to take sin out of his life. There is a particular sin he is dealing with, obviously. He did not give the details of the sin. Nonetheless, we know it is sin. So with that being said, let us pray for these two brothers and for all those who are dealing with these issues. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being able to come to you in the need of prayer and the desire of prayer and the hope that you will hear us and restore us under your will, under your way. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Brother Jeff right here. We pray for his oral healing. Lord, we know that um, teeth is something serious. And it, it might not even be teeth. It might just be something going on in his mouth that needs to be addressed by you, Lord. Uh, we don't know the details, but we do know that uh, the mouth is something that is used for a variety of things besides eating. It's used for laughter. It's used for expressing oneself is used for you know all these things and there's a there's a healing that needs to take place there lord in some part of this so we ask you lord to address it in the way that you know how to we ask you to uh restore his oral health to where it needs to be at lord for the glorification of your kingdom we pray for brother greg stewart for whatever sin that it is that has invaded his life and has taken over to the point that He's finally coming to the need of prayer. Maybe he's been to the need of prayer and just has not heard anything. We don't know what his condition is. We don't know what the situation is. But Lord, we ask you to uh, touch him. We need you to bring him to the path of correction. Let him see the sin for what it is and repent. Let him see the pathway to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, through the intervention of the Holy Spirit, we ask you to intervene right now on brother. And we hope that he's able to be able to move forward without this sin. Brother Greg has come to us publicly asking for you to take whatever this sin is out of his life. So obviously he is ready for this path of correction. He is ready for the methodology, which is... According to your word, Lord, to remove it, he's ready for the, the pain that might come with it, the, the embarrassment, the shame, but nonetheless, though, it will be out of his life once 
And for all, we ask you to keep both of these men in your arms, Lord. And for all those who are dealing with these circumstances, not just these two, for all those. But we lift these two up, Lord, because they came forward. And they reached out to you. And we bring them to you, Lord, for this prayer and healing. These are all things we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray God is going to bless you with a mighty message and hope to support you in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Email us at yourmomentministries at gmail.com with your praise and prayer requests. Help support this ministry through your cash app, dollar sign, your moment. We appreciate your continued prayers and support. How can we call sinners to repentance if we're not even willing to make the call? That's what I'm trying to understand with some people. You know, you're so holy and you're so out there that you just walk past people. You don't say nothing. Maybe that's the pastor's job. Oh, maybe it's a deacon's job. Oh. No, no, it's, your, it's everybody's job, it's everybody's job. <laughs> if you're a believer in Christ and you've been given an opportunity to share the gospel or to engage folks in discipleship, it is your job to do so. Uh, and sometimes God will place you in a situation where you have that opportunity and other folks may disagree. But how, what does that look like, though? What does that look like? Because because Jesus went through the same thing, for the record. I'm not giving you anything that is just of old Rick here. No, no, no. We come from the Bible. Let's look at the Bible. Luke 5, 27 through 32 reads as follows. And after these things, he went forth and saw a publican, tax collector, named Levi, a.k.a. Matthew, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. And he left all, rose up, and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house. There was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But the scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answered, saying unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Finally, we get to verse 32. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let us pray. Lord, help us understand how to call sinners to repentance. Far too long we have dealt with this challenge of traditional exclusivity, if we put it that way. Where we're, we, we, we become so holy, Lord, that we can't even speak to the guy on the corner about you. Where we've become so high and mighty in our education, in our status, in our jobs, that we don't even want to be seen around them, yet we desire folks to come to church to study your word. I don't get this. Nonetheless, Lord, we ask you to open our eyes today and help us understand how you did it. Because that's where we need to begin. We need to begin with you. Not with our books and our seminars and our training, but with you. 
Help us be practical, be current, be relevant without the compromise, just as you were. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. How do we call sinners to repentance? When we read this, that's the question that comes to mind. Some will say evangelism. Others will present the gospel of Christ, invite them to church, Bible study. Now, all these are great answers, but are they receptive to God's word? Will they come to church with you? Will they study the Bible with you? What if they say no? Where does that leave your outreach efforts? The motivated Christian that wants to present the gospel of Christ to someone they know or they do not know might be left in a small pause to wonder what's next. How do I do this now? They've said no to everything. Everything that I have been taught to do, everything that I have understood Christians are supposed to do, they're rejecting. So what do I do? That's, that's the question here. What do I do? Let's look at it. Jesus shows us the answer in a few moves. First of all, he engages in a experience with the tax collectors, but not in their experience. He engages in an experience with them, but not in their experience. This goes for everybody else, those at the banquet as well. The experience he engages these people in is a banquet. They sat down and had something to eat. But not just any meal. This was a meal made for Jesus. Matthew was showing Jesus he was receptive to his word and responded to the presence of Jesus by his actions. When people around you and they see the Spirit of the Lord in you, they're going to respond by making a place at their table for you. Why? To get to know you a little bit more. Now, you know anything about Jewish traditions and customs, the, it, the meal is everything. The meal is everything. I'm not going to take up too much time going over that, but go look up and do some research on Jewish tradition and customs. You'll see that when Matthew does this, this is everything. This is, this is big. This is, this is very big. Everything's surrounded by the table. The place where they eat. It's an intimate setting. So much can be said at a dinner table that is rarely said out there in this thing called life. Matthew was showing Jesus that he wanted to get to know him more and understand what it meant to follow him. Because when Jesus told Matthew to follow, he followed. He dropped everything. People who do not know the Lord will only have you as their visual aid of understanding the kingdom of God. And because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17, Matthew and everyone in the presence of the Lord is awarded the opportunity to be in fellowship with Jesus Christ. Now, it doesn't really talk about what was said or what Jesus did, but nonetheless, though, they're in the presence of the master. I can't help but think lives would change. I can't help but think um, maybe someone had a second thought about their life like Matthew did. We all know Matthew changed his life. Everything was changed about Matthew. Number two, 
The experience had purpose. The experience had purpose. Jesus said in verse 31, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. In other words, Jesus made this meal a house call. Now, believe it or not, doctors used to make house calls and still do. They come to your house and see what's wrong with you and all that stuff and give you medicine and prescription and you go on. As you can see, I'm not too excited about doctors. But hey, moving on, moving on. Nowadays, they call them home-based primary care, also known as modern-day house calls. Get this. It provides a medical care to the frail, medically complex patients who are either homebound or home limited. These are patients for whom visiting a doctor in their office is either difficult or impossible. There are many people out here who are sick that can't visit a doctor because they don't have the coverage or any money to pay out of pocket. There are many people out there in the community who won't visit the church because they don't have the coverage or they can't give out of pocket. <laughs> it is so, it's so similar. And they sit there and they're looking at the church and they, and they may desire to go in, but for whatever reason, they're homebound or it, for them, it's impossible to do. We don't know the situations. We don't know people's stories. Nonetheless, though, for whatever reason, they can't go. I'm here to tell you that if you're willing, Jesus will come to you and give you his, what I call, blood on the cross coverage that will give you hands-on healing. If you're broken, you can be fixed. If you are lost, you can be found because the coverage Jesus provides was paid on the cross at Calvary. So check this out. You don't even need a copay. There is nothing you need to add to the payment that Christ did on the cross. You can just go to Christ, accept him as Lord and Savior, with your repentance of the life that you once had, get the coverage and come out healthy and brand new. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? Someone out there right now needed to hear that. Someone out there right now need to hear about this blood on the cross coverage that you can get from the Lord Jesus Christ. But your problem is you have allowed your environment and the people around you to stop you and stunt your growth in understanding more about the Lord Jesus Christ. You've let this internet out here mess you up. You've let your neighborhood mess you up. You've let the friends you've chosen to be friends mess you up. So they're sitting there watching you suffer, sitting there watching you go through stuff. They don't want to see you shine. They don't want to see you grow. They don't want to see you progress because if you progress, that means well, they might have to progress as well. They might have to grow a little bit too because you've shown them that you can do it. The only difference is you will show them through understanding that the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord over your life now and there's nothing that can stand between you and the God you serve. And they don't want to see that. They don't want to hear that. They would rather stay suffering in silence than come to the light and understand who Jesus Christ is in their life. 
Then they come out for everything else. They come to the light for everything else and show folks, here's what I do, here's who I am, and that's just it, and deal with it. But yet when it comes to the right light of Jesus Christ, oh no, no, we, we don't deal with that. We're not dealing with that, but yet they'll watch you suffer. You need to check your circles. You need to watch the people you are around because they're watching you. They're not supporting you. They are watching you. Get them out. Get them out. He engages in an experience with the tax collectors, but not in their experience. Look at what happens here. Jesus is able to reach this group by, first of all, already having the person that's receptive to him set in the stage. Look at what God does here. Matthew accepts the follower following the code of Christ and to stop everything he's doing and follow Christ. Then he sets the arena, the environment to bring about hearing and hearing the word of God. Because guess, it wasn't just him. It wasn't just the disciples. It wasn't just the scribes and Pharisees. It was him and his fellow tax collectors and other people. Now we don't know who these other people were. Of course, the scribes and Pharisees said they were sinners. Okay, if they were sinners, what's going on? What's the problem? Is Jesus sinning by eating? <laughs> no, he's not sinning by eating. Is Jesus sinning by eating and talking? No, he's, he's not sinning by eating and talking. You know what the sin was? That he was sitting there eating with them. When he should be standing off away from these people, making himself exclusive to these people, not inclusive. And so many times as believers, we get to a point in life where we see them, we acknowledge their existence, but we don't want to be seen around them because that could bring up questions that we don't want to answer by our fellow believers. Well, I can't believe you was out there on that block with those guys. Here's the thing. As I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it again. God is never going to put you in a state of confusion when it comes to the glorification of the kingdom and the outreach to the, to the people. He's not going to do that. He's going to put you in a circumstance that is going to not only be able to reach the people, which is pretty much the goal of every believer is to go and share the gospel. What does Matthew 28 tell us? Go disciple the nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and then teach some more. But you can't do that if you don't go to the nations. I'm not saying go to the crack house. I'm not saying go to the weed house. I'm not saying go to the prostitute house. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is when God presents you an avenue for outreach, like he did with Jesus, in this case, it was Matthew, because Matthew sets his whole thing in place, the banquet. Jesus sat down and ate. It was made for Jesus. He sat down and ate, and everybody else sat down and ate as well. So guess what? Here is the outreach that Jesus is looking for. Why? Because he came to heal those that were spiritually sick. He came for all that. He didn't come for you to roll out the red carpet. He came to get to work with you. You know, and sometimes we forget that in our outreach, we're so worried about marginalizing communities. I hear that so much is ridiculous. Well, we don't want to marginalize anybody because you have put your culture and your race in front of Christ. You're not even worrying about discipling the nations. You're worrying about discipling your nation. And when you worry about just your nation and not the nations, 
You're going you're to marginalize your own, your own ministry. It's about Jesus. It's about getting the word to Jesus, however Christ presents that opportunity to you. Every Saturday night, or really early Sunday morning, I get up and I turn my Zoom camera on, and across the world, another country, there's a congregation waiting to hear me preach the gospel. This is what, this is what God has done for me in regards to my ministry. It doesn't matter where it's at, what's going on, God has presented an avenue for me to share the gospel. Ask yourself that question, and you'll get an answer. He engages in an experience with the tax collectors, but not in their experience. The experience has purpose. And finally, number three, the experience supported kingdom thinking. This supports God's thinking here. Jesus is doing this because in order for righteousness to take hold, you must be called to repentance. We're so busy trying to get folks into the church, and I'm concerned about this. We're so busy trying to get folks back into the church, and we, we want them to get into the church when you got these fantastic coffee stations. I love coffee. I'm a former sailor of roughly 15 years. Now, me and coffee have met. I love some coffee. But we're so worried. If I can just give them the church, and we hear this, I hear this a lot. If I can just give them the church, if I can just get them to come to church and they hear the word of God, they'll be saved. Why can't they hear the word of God from you? Why can't they not hear what the Lord has done in your life and bear witness to it for themselves through you, through doing life with you? Why is that? Why is it that they only see you one time a week and the one time a week they see you, you're so bent on them going to church. You got to get to church. Did you hear Jesus say anything about anybody going to church in this text? Yes, I would love everybody to go to church. Don't get me wrong. This is not about the church polity. This is not about people going to church. This is about the methodology in which we go to reach the unsaved and bring them into a call for repentance over their life through Christ not through me through Christ the righteousness cannot take hold of their life if they're not called into repentance they have to know that if if you're looking for this hope that I have then when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior you should have a desire in your heart to change this is not going to be something they do naturally. This will be something that's done unnaturally through the Spirit of the Lord. And a lot of people don't understand that, thus being the reason why a lot of people don't come to Christ, because they're thinking about their own energy. They're thinking about what they got to do. You ain't got to do nothing. God's going to take care of that through the Holy Ghost. Maybe you did drink yourself to death. Well, the moment you come to Christ, God's going to address that. Maybe you were cheating on your wife for umpteen years. Well, when you come to Christ and repent of your sins, God's going to address that. And sometimes they may not want to because they enjoy it too much. It's too pleasurable for them. And they are afraid that if they give it up, they're not in control. Well, do us all a favor and lose control, please. Lose the control and see 
what life is like when you're not in control and you're not using your ideas, which have not worked up to this point, obviously, because you're still drinking yourself to death, you're still overweight, you're still cheating on your spouse, you're still doing drugs, you're still doing things you shouldn't be doing, and you think it's working. You think this is life. I'm here to tell you that is not life. I don't know what that is, honestly, but it is not life. No matter how you cut it, no matter how you compromise it, no matter how many laws are passed for you to sin however you want to sin, they make it sin legal nowadays. It doesn't make it, it, doesn't make it right. So when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to look at your sin and say, okay, this got to go, that got to go, and this got to go. We're going to clean you up, brother. We're going to clean you up, sister. Accept it. Because look at how you're living. Look around your house right now. Look at how you're living. And tell me that you're right. No, my friend. Jesus is right. Jesus is the one that's on target. You need to trust in him. And stop worrying about everybody trusting in your word. The experience that Jesus experienced here with the banquet supports kingdom thinking. Why does it support kingdom thinking? Because it, it as I just said, in order for righteousness to take hold, to be given, to be issued, to be, procl- be proclaimed, the call for repentance must occur. The whole experience was an opportunity to call sinners to repentance. The problem that we're having out here is sinners do not see the Spirit of the Lord on us even when they want to be interested. They don't see it in us, which means you don't get invited to the cookout. All my people know what that means, which means you don't get to engage in a experience to give them a Christ-driven experience, and what you're left with is lost time and opportunities. You're left with lost time and opportunities. Jesus presented a three-level plan, honestly, in reverse. Now, I just caught this last night, and it might make some sense to you as much as it made to me. I, I, I really have read this text like we all do. We always read these texts, and we always see something different that God reveals to us for the proclaimed time of his choosing. This may be one of them. He presents a three-level plan. So here's how Jesus actually is calling sinners into repentance. Get ready to write it down because it may help you in reaching people and sharing the gospel with them and being able to call them into repentance for them to see their sin for what it is and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. If you read in verse, it goes like this. First, he didn't come to call the righteous but sinners into repentance. Verse 32, which includes the healing, which includes healing the spiritual sick. Verse 31, and so we enter into an experience with the sinner who heard God's call, who made a banquet and invited his friends to be with Jesus because he heard God's call, verse 29. So in other words, there is the divine plan first. In verse 32, the divine plan is to call sinners into repentance. That is God's divine plan when you are out there giving and doing outreach. It's to call sinners into repentance, to get them to see that Jesus Christ can wipe away all their sins if they accept God if through Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. Let's move on. Next, we see the earthly context of the execution. What does Christ say here? 
He says in verse 31, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. So that is the earthly context of what he's doing. He is letting them know that, look, I, you guys are good. You know God. You, you understand who God is. I am here for those who don't know God, who are spiritually sick, who are spiritually unbalanced. I'm here to address their wounds, address their sickness, address their disease and their strongholds in these diseases. I'm here for them. You don't see a doctor out there trying to fight fire. No, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He addresses the wounds. The firemen fight the fire. That's a whole different function, a whole different calling. What Jesus is saying here is that he came to deal with the spiritually sick. The spiritually sound, y'all are good. Why are you clumped up together in the restaurants? Why? Go speak to some people. Go talk to them about what the preacher was talking about on Sunday. Share it with them. Pray with them. Engage them if they are going to be engaged. If they have an ear, let them hear. If they want to hear what you're talking about, let them hear. Don't sell it. Converse. Jesus was breaking bread with these folks and was having a good time. And they're all worrying about, I can't believe he's over there with them. Can't believe this. Doesn't he know what they do? Yes. He knows what they're doing. But he's addressing it on a spiritual level not on an earthly double. He did not go sit down with Matthew and his friends to talk about why they should not be tax collectors. No, it's not why he did that. He did that on a spiritual level. Why? Because there is a divine plan. There is a divine plan in place to work off of the call for repentance. And when you stick to God's divine plan, everything else falls into place in your outreach and engagement.